Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. You know, we've been talking about this series, Let No One Deceive You. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And uh, we've been talking about it a little bit for, I think this was going to be like week 16 or something like that. And uh, I felt like God was wanting to continue that. And so we are going to continue that, whether it's this week or next week. And as I was praying about some of the things that, that uh, we're dealing with, I'm trying to think and talk at the same time. I'm feeling while I look for the verse I was looking for. There we go. So a lot of things are happening in our world, and uh, I want to make sure I address some things. We've been addressing some current issues in society, and some have started coming and watching online, part of our e-worlds, because of the things we're talking about, and some have stopped because of the things we're talking about. Uh, just heard this week about how some people were excited, they were watching and listening until I spoke on the Washington, D.C. sermon, and once I did that, they were out, and I'm like, hey, I... Whatever, here's one thing that I want to make sure and be clear in my heart, and you can decide. I never want to speak to draw a crowd. So I'm never talking so that you will like it. So my position on things as I seek God and what to do about what's going on in our world, it's never, uh, I, I don't want to do it in the mindset of, well, who will approve or who won't approve. That is dangerous, dangerous ground. You need to live in the freedom of listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit and doing what God tells you to do, and you just take the hits because there's gonna, it's going to happen. Some people are going to take it. Some people are going to be like, oh, because I get both. I get, oh, Pastor Chad, that's incredible what you're speaking of right now. It's so awesome. And then some people are like, hey, those keyboard warriors, you got to love them. God bless them in Jesus' name. But some of the things that we're looking at, some people only believe that something is true when it's said based on certain sources in the media and what's being said. And uh, it's a time for the church to realize what God has called us to be. And I think there's some misunderstanding about how the church is supposed to address certain things. Sometimes we think the church is supposed to address people by just being nice and loving and kind all the time and never saying anything controversial. Controversial. But I, I think this is something that we have to understand. Truth sometimes, well not all the, not sometimes, all the time, truth is polarizing. Because truth, once truth is spoken, people say, well, truth is relative, what you think is truth. I get all that. I get it a lot, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but whenever we begin to speak truth, it causes people who don't agree with that situation or with that, that statement to begin to decide where they're going to go with it. And I think the church oftentimes has thought that our goal is to win people. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Absolutely. Our heart, our goal is to bring people. Our vision of the church is to connect people to Jesus from all roads of life. But we will not connect people to Jesus without connecting them to the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not about 
well, let's see what they like and what they need and we'll kind of massage it in presentations so they'll want to come and want to get saved. Listen, if they don't embrace the truth, anything you say is not going to help them. You've got to draw them to that place of freedom. And sometimes when you call out sin and you address sin and what's going on in the world, sometimes people get nervous about that. And uh, so I was thinking about the Equality Act that was just passed and And some things with that. And if you read through that and get some information about the Equality Act, what we as a church got to remember to do is take away from Democrat-Republican, which we are inundated with that right now. And my problem is the church, I'm talking about Big C, not just the Rhodes Church, the church is feeling that temptation and they get defensive about their party and they forget to stand flat-footed on the principles of the word and demand that their party come to the word. Instead of trying to massage this and make it fit into my favorite party and make it look like, no, you say to your party, get over here or I'm not with you. And that's where the church has got to be. But sometimes we feel uh, a little intimidated about that. And and, uh, so we've got to be aware of these things. I was going to go through, well, there's a lot of things I was going to go through. I was going to talk about the harlot in Revelation chapter 17. So if you uh, wanted to hear about a harlot in church, we can do that next time. You got sermon notes, you can study it and preach your own sermon this week. <laughs> but I think there's some things that I, I want to talk, I want to go to this thought, okay? It's in uh, Psalm chapter 81, I believe it is, Psalm 81. Yeah, sorry, I didn't give our, sorry, I didn't give our whole lead-in thing, I totally botched that. You know how we believe it's true, so Mount Carmel, you probably nailed it. I, I botched it here. I botched the whole first service. I thought we didn't get out of church until first service till 1030. So I'm just rolling. You know, we're just going on. I'm like, man, we got 15 more minutes. And then they said, hey, uh, E-Road's family's gone. They checked out. I'm like, well, why did they check out? I, I forgot that service got over at 10. You leave one week and look what happens. Hey, and in, the, in lieu of that, I want to say a big shout out to Pastors Kevin and Amy last week who just knocked it out. Can we give it up for them? They're there in Mount Carmel. What's up, Pastor Kevin and Amy? Thankful for you guys. Somebody said that, hey, I hope you had a good time in Colorado. I'm like, I wasn't in Colorado. I'm sure I would have a great time in Colorado, but I wasn't there. It was my birthday weekend, so we uh, did what we do on my birthday weekend. We went and watched volleyball. That's pretty much the... Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Psalm 81, um, I want to look at something here, follow what I feel like the Lord is saying. I shared this a little bit in the crew rally this morning, and I feel like God's wanting to just expound on it, and uh, we'll we'll see what he has to say. You guys okay with this? I'm totally flowing without, this is like bowling without gutter, or uh, without, uh, what are those things? Rails. Guardrails, yes. I'm, I'm driving without guardrails right now, so it's dangerous. Psalm 81. I have no notes to go by and no, you're looking for sermon notes, you write them and that will be your sermon notes. Psalm 81, look at verse, uh, whew, yeah, let's just pick a verse now, you know. They don't have them on the screen probably, so if you don't have your Bible, bring your Bible. This is why you bring your Bible, so when the pastor goes rogue and we don't have them up on the slides. <laughs> Psalm 81, let's read, let's start reading in verse 8. I love you, Holy Spirit. It says, hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. 
O Israel, if you will listen to me. Notice what he's doing here. He's speaking to his people. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the bride. This is who I'm talking to. I'm not talking to people who are not serving Jesus. I'm talking to the people who would say, I'm a born-again Christian on my way to heaven. This is who God is speaking to. I'm speaking to my people. I'm speaking to you. When it says Israel in the Old Testament, is talking about in reference to the church in the New Testament. If you will listen to me, There shall be no foreign God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. Now, in the United States of America, we don't think that's too relevant. We're like, we we don't worship gods. We don't have like statues and we don't bow down to things and we don't don't, uh, give all of our time to things and we don't give all of our resources to things. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, maybe we do. We just don't make them into statues, but we do have idols. We do have idols that take up our time. And he says, you shall have no foreign God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. When we we prayed today and during worship service, we asked for God to move and we asked for the fire of God to come. One of the things that I think God wants to do is reveal to us foreign gods. Not like when you hear that, foreign gods, what I think about is something overseas. I want you to think about something that's taking away from your worship of God. Is it your social media? Is it Netflix? Is it whatever else it could be? Is it a hobby? Is it something you're like, I'm not giving my time to God because I'm giving my time to something else. You shall not worship any foreign God. Verse 10, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, land of Egypt, when it says brought you out of the land of Egypt, you know, you're like, well, I didn't come out of Egypt. I live in Illinois. Well, that's great. But bringing you out of the land of Egypt is to remind you. Remember, we're talking to Christians, people who call themselves followers of Christ. I'm the one who brought you out of your hole. I brought you out of sin. I brought you out of Egypt represents bondage. Sin represents bondage. So God's saying, I'm the one who brought you out of who you used to be. I brought you out of that mess. That's that miry clay. I picked you up out of that. I'm the one who did that. You didn't do it yourself. I did it. I brought you out of your past. Now look at the second thing he says. Now open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Now whenever I used to use this verse, I always used it in the context of being spontaneous like right now. I'm getting to practice this verse right now. So what it means is you just get up, you be willing to say something, and you open your mouth, and God will fill you with the words, right? So like Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, uh, take no thought what you will say in that hour. It will be given to you by the Holy Spirit. So right now, I'm just taking no thought what I'm saying. I'm just rambling by whatever comes up to my heart. That's what I'm saying to you. And so he's saying, open my mouth, your mouth wide, and I will fill it. So this morning when I read that, open my mouth wide, and I will fill it, I'm like, you know, kind of got a big mouth, you know, maybe or something like that. I remember when I go, went to get Invisalign and they, they looked in my mouth and he goes, oh, you still have your, uh, all of your uh, wisdom teeth. I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal. She's got, well, you got plenty of room in there. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But here's what happens. I looked up the word open. You might like this. The word open in the Hebrew means to make larger become spacious, to enlarge, broaden, or make room. 
So God was saying to them, open not just your mouth, not just your opening, but I want you to think about this spiritually. I want you to think about your heart. I want you to have a thought about what God's asking you and me to do right now is to open up your heart, your life wide. Make room, enlarge your vision, enlarge your thinking, enlarge your capacity. Come on, just right now in your mind, just want to open myself up to the possibilities that nothing is impossible with God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever mental things you're going through, whatever family things you're going through, right now, I want you to open up wide. I want you to make room. Let me read it to you again so you can get it because you don't have any sermon notes. It means to make larger, to become spacious, broaden, or make room. So begin to make room in your heart for God. Make room in your heart for the possibility of what God can do. Nothing is impossible with God. So open it up. All right, everything's on the table. No limitations, no boundaries, no barriers, no guardrails. We're just flowing. God, anything's possible. We're talking water over the banks now. It's just running everywhere. You know, once the water gets over the banks, there's no controlling the water. All right, all right, I'm, I'm following. He's, he's filling in the blanks right now. I got this text message during the first service, and he said, read that now. And so now I'm going to just try and read this text message I got during the first service, if I can find it. He's filling in the blanks. If you trust the Lord, he'll just show us what to do. Right here, it says, God, this person said, God showed me a person standing in the flowing river, and the river's current swept their feet out from underneath them. And in that moment, they could choose to relax And take each bend and flow with God. He created the river and there are parts of the river that flow fast, parts that seem dangerous, parts that seem stagnant. But God is the creator of the journey that we call the river. He wants to guide you through the river while you trust him in each part of the river. He is there no matter what it looks like or how far ahead you can look. He wants you to enjoy being swept off your feet and flow with him. So this is what God's saying, is you can, we got a choice that we can just flow with God and say, Lord, wherever you want to take us, whatever you want to do, I don't have to have all the structures, I don't have to have all the answers, I don't have to know how that's going to play out, I just need to trust God. And if you're like me in my life, sometimes it's a struggle, if I don't know where we're, this thing is going to end up and how it's going to end up, I begin to struggle. But God's saying, can you just trust me, just lean back in that, what do they call that lazy river, you know, if they just lean back and say, okay, lean back in his ever-loving arms and just flow where God wants you to go. That's what God's saying. Open up your mouth wide. Open up wide to the possibilities. Well, maybe you say this, I'm open, but they're not. They're the problem, whoever they are. Careful if you're sitting by them, just keep your eyes straight forward. They're, they're the problem. I'm not the problem. I'm open. I'm open. It's my boss is a problem. I'm open, but it's my coworkers a problem. I'm open. It's my sibling. I'm open. It's this. It's, I'm, I'm open, but it's the politicians. Every time you watch TV and you watch the news, just anger comes up. He says, open wide to what God can do. Yes. Nothing is impossible with God. And I believe this is what he's encouraging the church about, is sometimes we've, we've got God in a narrow channel on what we think God can do. He can only do this. He can only do that. We need to open wide and say, hey, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. 
Whatever you want to do, God, I'm available. Now, is that true for you? Are you open your mouth wide? Look what he says now. Open your mouth wide, and then I will fill it. I believe that's what it says, right? Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. It. What is it? It that he's going to fill represents the space that you made available. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. What's he going to fill? He's only going to fill the space that you and I make available. Open wide the possibilities. Open wide your heart and what God wants to do through you. Open it up, and he says, I will fill that. So the space that I do not make, God will not fill. So if there's space in my heart that is filled with anxiety and fear, God cannot fill that until I begin to choose to push that stuff away and ask him to come in, and now he begins to fill that. I'm reminded of the, of the teaching of Jesus said about the, the demon person that was, the demons were cast out and they went into the dry places looking for a place and they came back and they found the person they'd been cast out of and they found him empty, swept, and clean. Key word being empty. And they said, well, it's empty so I can come back and the state of that last person is worse than it was before. We have to fill ourselves with the things of God instead of filling them with the things of the world. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. He wants to fill us, but we have to make room. We have to take things that are taking God's space out of our life and make room for God. We want God to invade our life and we have to make room for God in our life. We have to make it available. Say, okay, God, I'm going to put this this thing that was taking up time and space. I'm going to move it out and I'm going to make room for you. But then you're going to have to walk in faith on whether he's going to fill it or not. We think sometimes, I'll make room if he'll fill. You've got to make room so that he will fill. Open your mouth wide, it comes first. Filling it comes second. Well, if God will do something in my life, then I'll make room for him. No, no, no. Make room for him. Make preparation for him and let him fill that. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Look at the next thing he says. But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel would have none of me. But my people would not heed my voice, would not listen to me, would not pay attention to me, would not follow my leading, would not follow my direction, would not follow after what I said. They're heeding the voice of the news. They're heeding the voice of the politicians. They're feeding, heeding the voice of the medical people. They're heeding the voice of this, healing the voice of the family, heeding the voice of this preacher, heeding the voice of that preacher, heeding the voice of this, blah, 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 blah. But he says, people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. None of me. Here's what I got out of that as I was reading that. My people heed my voice, would not heed my voice, so they get none of me. I don't listen to the voice of God. I get none of God. So if I listen to the voice of God, I do get God. Here's what I'm saying. The degree to which I experience God is connected to the degree to which I listen to God. If I heed all of his voice, I get all of him. I do not heed his voice, I get none of him. Don't read that like punishment. Don't listen. Here's, here's what religion would say that means. Religion means, oh, you didn't listen to me? Bah, then take that. I'm mad at you. No, 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 no. That's not how it works with God. 
Listening to God is an invitation. So when we refuse the invitation, then we don't get the experience, not because he doesn't want to. Some people think that God, the experience of God is based on my performance. Let me just tell you something. Oh, boy. I don't like flowing without rails because I don't ever like necessarily what always comes up. Because once you start trusting this process, then you've got to trust that everything comes up he wants you to talk about. And some things that come up right now, I'm saying no. I'm just letting you in on what's happening up here. Well, in case you want to take my spot and do this someday, <laughs> welcome. So here's, here's, uh, here's the thing. Oh, yeah, I got I to gotta talk about this in pieces because I don't have. Boy, this is, this is crazy. No guardrails. So, 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 so. <laughs> I want to I get rid of some misconceptions. I feel like I need a chair just to sit down and talk to you for a second. Some people, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, no, I, I, I wouldn't sit in it if I did, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit too antsy right now to sit down. Some people have a misconception of me. Some people have the conception that I don't ever struggle, or they think because I preach the way I do, or live the way I do, or talk the way I do, that it must be somehow easy for me. It couldn't be further from the truth. The things that I deal with in my mind, I, 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 I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm like Paul and the thorn in the flesh that was a messenger of Satan to buffing him. It wasn't something God gave him. I want to clarify that. But sometimes I deal with thoughts that I think, God, when will I ever be free from these thoughts? Why over and over and over do I have to deal with the same thing? And when he comes back, he says, my grace is sufficient. What that means to me and what it does not mean to me is it does not mean God saying, well, just suffer. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. He's saying my enablement, my grace, my power extended towards you is enough for you to work through that and overcome that and persevere through it. I'm not saying you're never going to have a messenger of Satan that's going to buffet you. I'm just saying my grace is enough for you to pull through that. And so when I, I get done, sometimes I deal with thoughts. And, and just a couple weeks ago, I was so glad I was off last week because the week prior was not a good week for me. And, you know, usually, can this service be over? Because I, I, really I really don't want to talk about this right now. So, wow. So usually, I'm coming up time to prepare for the message, you know, and I'm, and I, you know, I got to hear from God. So I'm praying, see, I'm, I'm like trying to connect. You know, when I knew I wasn't going to be speaking, then when I had a difficult thing come up in my life, I thought, okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just trying to think how I want to phrase it and it'd be good for public consumption. So I didn't seek God about it. I just wallowed in it. I just said, sweet, I'm just going to be this. Yeah. So I just pulled up my stubborn self. 
And I said, all right, this is my position. I drew the old line in the sand and said, yeah, take that. I'm going to enjoy my flesh. And I did for about 36 hours. I just I felt God wasn't mad at me pulling back at me because I wasn't obeying him. I felt him. Nope. I'm good. I'm not preaching this week. I'm just being honest. Probably too honest. If you don't come back next week, I'm sorry. But I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't have to, you know, I don't, I don't have to hear from you right now. Maybe you don't have sermons to prepare, but you got other things you need to hear from God about. I mean, you draw that line in the sand and you say that, you know what? I don't have to hear from you. I'm just going to be mad at them. We're just not going to speak. Because if I, if I have a conflict, like say if, say if I have a conflict with Dawn, and uh, usually I'm not able to write it out very long because I've got to hear from God. And God always brings up scripture. <laughs> says, says stuff like, husbands ought to dwell with their wives with understanding and that your prayers may not be hindered. Fine, I just won't pray. <laughs> this is too real, isn't it? Wow. I should be listening to this sermon going, wow, this guy's crazy. Welcome to our E-Roads family. So, took the, yeah, thank you, Jesus, for him coming out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Shut this thing off. But I want you to understand something. Because you don't see or hear my flaws out front, doesn't mean I don't have them. Doesn't mean I don't struggle with hearing from God just like you do. Just because you don't know about all of my stuff. Here's the problem. I think in the body of Christ, we assume that everyone's better than us. We assume that people aren't walking through what we're walking through. So then we allow condemnation to beat us down. And we forget that the, the church is not supposed to be a gathering of perfect people. It's supposed to be a gathering of a hospital, of hurting people. Come on in. Come. Come unto me. Oh, you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, come to me, oh, you perfect with no problems. That's not what he said. Come to me, oh, you weary. And I've heard him after that 36 hours. I'm like, God, I can't take it. He's like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just waiting on you. I'm waiting on you, buddy. I'm, I'm hurting watching you. What you're doing is not good for you. Choosing my way is not just the right way, it's the freeing way for you. So run to me. Come on, run to me. You won't run to me, it's like the prodigal son. I'll run to you and I'll meet you there. So I said, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I didn't need to ask him to forgive me so that he would, he already has. I needed to repent change the way I think so that I would embrace what he's offering. 
hear me, hear me, hear me. Repentance is not to move God. Repentance is to redirect me towards God. When I repent, it doesn't make him say, oh, okay, well, now I'll, I'll show some affection or love. No, no, no. He's always showing you affection. He's always calling you. He's always loving on you. But repenting changes the way I think metaneo and gets me aligned with his thoughts. And so now I can tap in to his identity, his purpose, his feelings towards me, his feelings towards that relationship. And now I can say, God, my stubborn pride, it's the, it's the ruin of me. Forgive me. I repent for my pride and I crucify my flesh and I say, God, I want freedom. So just for those watching that think, I don't have any problems. I got more problems than you probably care to know about. You probably might not attend here if you knew all my problems. But the thoughts that I deal with, thoughts that you deal with. I don't know what you deal with, but I don't know what you deal with. I don't know what you deal with, and you would deal with, and you deal with, and you deal with. Eros family, Mount Carmel, I don't know what you do, but I know this. We all deal with things. So it's time to invite the Holy Spirit to break down the walls, to be honest, open our mouth wide so he can fill it. When I listen, if I would listen to him on, in the first moment when I chose which way I was going to go with my attitude, I know those moments. I don't know about you, but I know it's like a crossroads, you know, like you're getting ready to respond to somebody, you know, which if you go this way and I knew, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, there's the right way. You ever, you ever do that? Here's the right thing to say. <laughs> Had a perfect storm the other day. That a thought. Had a thought I didn't take captive. The enemy's going to start with a whisper in your head. I didn't take that thought captive. I let it run around the track and I let it go on and I let it build up like a snowball momentum with more facts of support. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like there was more evidence. It just kept mounting and mounting as it went down the hill, and pretty soon it was this massive, huge ball of truth. And I said, my Lord, that's the truth. I guarantee you that. And it was a lie. It was a big old fat lie. But I looked at it and said, well, that's, yes, sir, that's it. So I began to align my behavior with what I believed, the big lie. All this was happening in my mind, and then something happened that spoke to the snowball, and I was prepared in that moment to support the case presented by the snowball. So when the moment presented itself to speak, I spoke out of the snowball instead of out of my father. I got the fruit of what I said. And I just say to everyone listening, listen to the voice of God. 
so that you can have all of him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.